Hello, genius fans. Putting up with Aaron Michael Marsh. I'll edit this out if I need to, but what are the rules of talking to James Demon? Okay, so uh, sort of like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, this will be Jimmy James Demon Russo. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am not evoking the energy of the demon right now. Of the character, yeah. I'm I'm being uh, personal and uh, letting my guard down. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you done this often? No, no. Interesting. Well, uh, the first five years in comedy, I did. Yes. Uh, but uh, I left f- for a little while, and I came back as the demon. And uh, I understand the concept of separating the character in me mm-hmm. because of Andy Kaufman. But at the same time, I enjoy the blending of the character like Andrew Dice Clay did. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm treading a line of character purists who want to see me in character when I look as the character, but also I don't want to alienate and make people uncomfortable when they're trying to have a conversation with me. Also, I looked like that before I was playing the character. Yes. The ideas of taking something that was already me and turning it into an alter ego came into play. So that's, in essence, my Much like a pro wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Because a pro wrestler is kind of a dumbed-down version of themselves. Look at The Rock when he's in his peak. He's all ego and he's trash talking. And he says some mean shit and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Because you know it's coming from a place of satire and he's being extremely facetious. For sure. He's over the top with it, you know? So, but now that you've become a character on stage. Yes. Now that you have a stage persona, I see you being casually less gothic in your regular life. Uh, I'm not as depressed and angry as I was at the creation of that character? Uh, no. Well, the creation of the character was a process of when I was becoming less depressed and angry mm-hmm. myself. Um, I still get that way. Um, I've learned to not take it out on other people and I internalize it. Mm-hmm. So when I get really angry and depressed, I shut down and I take it out on myself which is not healthy, but it's healthier than ruining connections and hurting other people. I would debate that because I think that your relationship with other people is partially what you have to internalize or externalize, and you have to make sure that the people around you... I was talking to my cousin earlier today. I'm reading a bunch of books on boundaries that are behind me, and one of them says that healthy boundaries is learning at which distance you need to love every individual. Oh, yeah and because it is how you internalize it yourself like just because i love a person doesn't mean you keep them close because i was taking out stuff on myself because i was keeping somebody close that i was having these negative responses to hanging out with them you know it wasn't like because we're doing drugs or anything it was just like it was really like just wanting wanting their approval so much or whatever that i'm like doing that i'm just being less me and you're like no 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 i can love this person from a distance I don't need them close because the way they were projecting back at me, I was reacting to that now. And so like all of a sudden it's a ping pong of, of reaction towards each other. I agree with that. I will cut people off. I will distance myself from people. Um, but there used to be the me that would lash out at people, mm-hmm. right? Where I would, uh, have a good friend and treat them like shit for a day because I was in a bad mood. That's 
that's the stuff I yeah, don't Yeah, no, no, that's yeah. that's not appropriate. But also when you're lashing out at somebody, there is something to look at in the moment that you're lashing, like, what am I really lashing about? Right. Is this person involved in this? Right. Is you know, like cause then that creates like hey, I think I just need a break today. You know, like whether that be from them or just from like, hey, in a bad mood. That and uh I noticed if I ever was mad at somebody else, I would need to take responsibility for the level of the relationship I am in with them. And also, usually it was a interpretation of perspective on my end, mm -hmm. right? Where if I really, really, really think through it, it's like, why am I getting mad about this? Is this a reflection of something that bothers me? And most of the time it was. Mm. It's like, this is a reflection of how I feel. This really isn't them. This is me. However, there are, I'll use the popular catchphrase, toxic people I have known and do know where um, if someone is always shitting on the environment around them, then usually it's a reflection of their perspective. And then, so I will try to separate myself without being mean. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, cause energy is contagious now and we're entering, we're our, our actual reality that we live in is transitioning to be more sensitive to energies and, and, and contract energies and give off energies. And we're, we're learning this as a society. So like, who you keep around you, you're absorbing them and they're absorbing you and there can be vamps and there can also be people who project the wrong thing. So it's it's very important who you keep around you in your close circle and it's very important the information you let out. Like right now I'm kind of talking slow um, and I'm really thinking about what I say because I understand this is being recorded and other people will listen to it so it sends out ripples, right? Yeah. And those ripples will come back. So it's like... I have to be honest, but I also have to be um, careful. I, that's why I think cancel culture is happening. I think we're learning about how how we're entering an age where our our words will actually create things, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, it's it's magic. Um, so I think we're 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 overplaying that where people are trying to censor each other. You can't say that. You can't say because we're the ego is misreading it. Be careful what you say. You can't say that. And trying to cancel each other. And it's just like, no, like everyone just needs to learn we're responsible for what we say. Everyone we're getting there. It's weird. As a culture, we can't just immediately do it. Right. Because that yeah. is like our like gut instinct. But you're like, no, as a culture, we're going to come back around. Yeah. The pendulum's way over here right now. It'll yeah. even out. It'll even out. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be somebody that's canceled that finds a, that actually does grow. And then we can learn from that as a society together. Yeah. And you're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that needs to happen first, but at the same time, you're like, oh, no, this is going to create a positive thing. As the the way my buddy Andy likes to talk music-wise, which you might hate this sentence, is every time metal gets big, good songwriting and, like, good music is around the corner. It's always a reaction to metal. It's like whenever, like, music seems to drop out, we're like, we don't have the next pop thing. We just throw metal at it. And then whoever, whatever people react to metal that don't like metal come back with, like, the greatest art. You know, Nirvana was a direct attack on metal. Uh, it was a direct attack on hair metal. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And it's weird because I remember when uh, <laughs> I remember when Nirvana first came out. I was in junior high, 
and it hit the radio and it sounded that that teen spirit mm-hmm. song uh that opening riff was hard like metal like real metal yeah uh it, it was so hard and it was dark and then immediately immediately it was like why was i ever listening to motley crew why was i ever listening to rat like it's weird Warren, because it sounds yeah. almost like bubblegum guitar when yeah. you go back and listen to it it just sounds like this like sweet thing that happens to be played out of the same instruments yeah it's it's almost like a hello kitty version of like rock to where these other guys are like actually rock and you're like oh this is authenticity another if you go back and you listen to poison poison is more country than the country that's being released today every rose has its thorn Mm -hmm. give me something to believe in those are like deep country songs and i'm like when it was out, you didn't notice it. It just sounded yeah. like a ballad that this cool band was doing. And now I listen to it. I'm like, this is a country song. Yeah. And it, like you listen, I, I, I grew up in Cleveland and country's big in Cleveland and I rebelled against it. But I still know country songs because it, I was always around it. Oh, sure. My mom loved country. So I yeah, grew up yeah. around country. Yeah, yeah. So did mine. My mom was like big into Randy Travis. So like Yeah, my mom is yeah. the same. Randy Travis, George Strait. Yeah. Those are some big ones yeah. in the house. And then, of course, my friends and stuff, they would all listen to, you know, like, uh, who I don't remember who was big back then. I don't I guess, like, Brooks and Dunn and Garth Brooks and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, they were huge. Yeah. I feel like my, the way, like, we talk about seeing bands before they were big, I feel like my mom did that with Faith Hill. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she, like, she was the first person I know that ever listened to it, and then I remember when it started to get happen on the radio, and now it's, like, 25 years later, and you're like, I don't know how immediately my mom was on the pulse or if she was a month or two before maybe earlier but it was like i knew that name before like it was a household one and then it became a household one pretty immediately afterwards yeah i remember oh yeah i remember yeah, yeah there's totally. even some country songs i know the words to wait all right so i have a, some questions about the demon yeah how much of james is in this character or is this character a complete separation of all of the silliness yeah that you see on stage is me yeah right um when i riff mm-hmm. that's me yeah for sure right um even halfway like, so i was watching a clip of you where you were making fun of a pizza called the richard Pryor pizza right and you're like yes it's it's burnt it's burnt yeah and i was like i don't know if james would say that the demon would but yeah, i mean yeah. like that's that's because um that's what james would whisper into the demon's ear but it's not of the same character it's uh so if it fits within wordplay in comparison like that mm-hmm. it's most definitely demon mm-hmm. there's riffing that i do if it's not a joke with a punchline yeah or that was a joke with the punchline and Something I started doing, uh, I started this thing where I'm, I, I tell myself I need to write a joke about, I need to write a joke that I just wrote now and have never told anybody, mm-hmm. and I need to tell that joke as my opener. I do that same exact thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, Which might be why we became friends immediately. But it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, no, because there's also not yeah. too many people that do it, that do it with a success ratio. Yeah. And then, like, when you do, like, because also, like, you're kind of gambling the first, the next two minutes of your set on that one yes. sentence. The energy you feel. Yeah. About, like, this might not work. But I then know. the confidence you have in yourself about, like, I'm funny. This will work. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and then there's also the fun of, like, this didn't work. 
how fast can I recover? And then, like, you sit there and just try to recover through the whole set. Yeah. And then every now and then, I think you've seen some of my worst where you're just like, I'm not going to recover. I'm just going to sit here and just eat it the whole time. And then I go back and watch the clip, and you're like, this is actually pretty funny. No one in the audience finds it funny at the yeah. time, but I'm really happy with what I chose to do. I'm a big fan of recovering in the moment where it's like, okay, that didn't work, and I need to acknowledge it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do appreciate that kind of riffing of poking fun of yourself in a moment Yeah, where, uh, sometimes I'll be like, I got cocky, you know, I'll just say <laughs> I that got I got cocky and it, it'll get a laugh because it's I might, true. I get up I on might stage steal like, that because that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, ah, I got cocky. I got I'm cocky. Sorry. Cause I get, I'm like, I, you know, I do, I do my, um, my ritual when I get on stage, yeah. I do an energy. So there is an element of magic in the demon. I do pull in energy from the room. Mm-hmm. Be careful what I'm saying. Getting intuitions to not saying too much. Um, so there is an element of. I mean, I can describe it if you want to be conscious of well, your words. No, it's not that. It's like it's like giving out the recipe. Yeah, um, no, it's, that's why I'm saying because I don't. I'm not going to give away your recipe. Where it's, but it also is the way a wrestler comes out with the introduction music and they have the choreographed. They do the same dance for yeah. every audience. Yeah, and pull, they you pull do a thing that yeah, yeah where. You, you have this 20 second thing that you do in the beginning of your set that lets the audience know that like, Oh no, 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 this is my pace. This is my thing before you even saying a joke. Yeah. And it really, it walks us into the character. Yeah. Cause I'm, I have to transform into mm-hmm. the demon. I just can't, I just can't be the demon. I just can't be the demon off stage all day talking to people going, yes, yes. And like <laughs> yeah. alienating somebody when, especially when I'm around comedians all day. Like I, exactly. How do you make friends if Although, just the character? We've talked about it. That'd be great videos. It'd be great content to just be like, and would you like uh, a croissant with that, Mr. Demon? Yes. Yeah. The cro- a croissant. I hate the French. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. like, <laughs> just like, well, that's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, much like Pee Wee Herman, that's what made it interesting when he had movies all of a sudden you're putting him in a regular world. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a 30-year-old man playing an 8-year-old boy but lives in a house by himself. I could do that. I could play movies as the demon and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that. no, of course. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because in context. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the problem is if you're the character outside of context. Yes. And it's like, hey, it's dude, gross. I'm trying to have a conversation with you, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm learning to balance that. But so back to the getting cocky, when I'll, I'll get that energy in me and mm-hmm. be like, I'm the demon. I can make anything work. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it, it doesn't work. And it's like, okay, I have to reground myself. Mm-hmm. Why am I in stage? I am as good as it feels to kill and as good as it feels to, to get laughs. I have to realize. And although that does, it is compensation. That should not be my main goal. My main goal should be to make everyone in the room feel happy and feel laughter mm-hmm. it should come from a self less perspective rather than a selfish perspective which is hard because uh getting laughs feels really good so i'll get in that frame of mind how am i going to get laughs and i'll bomb every time when i'm mm-hmm. in that frame of mind but if it's a rough room and my perspective is how am i gon- going to make these people uh, laugh. How am I going to make them feel happy? Even though the energy is rough in here, what am I going to do 
to change their perspective to so they can have a good time while I'm on stage. And every time I have that perspective, I do very well. So it's it's now question. So you do very well. Is you're at a point where you're doing very well with the demon doing all of that. Right. I'm gonna guess because I don't remember you as James so much. Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. I don't remember you as Jimmy so much. So I don't remember the results Jimmy was having. So I'm gonna guess the demon's getting better results just because it's the way time works. And so you sharpened your tool different. There well, there were a few performances I did as Jimmy where I told um when when I went up as myself, um when I told stories, mm-hmm. uh, and I got really good at that. Yeah. Um, however, it was very selfish, and it was manipulative. Uh, I would tell stories from a, a victim perspective of, I went through this, uh, be proud of me for how strong I am. Mm. And it did well. It did very well, but when I got off stage, I had a very sick feeling in my stomach. I yeah. was like, I, I don't like this, and that was part of the reason I walked away from comedy and then because I didn't like it, I stopped doing it. And then yeah. I just started going up on stage and improvising and riffing. Yeah. Well, the, what I was leading to is, do you feel better or worse that you're getting the responses you want and the, you're getting what you want out of it now more oh, as definitely. a character than you were as a person. Mm-hmm. And does that make you happy or do you wish you could have done that as Jimmy, the person? No, because there, there is a lot of, me that's in that character right yeah i i get to express my my silliness mm-hmm. my obnoxiousness that randomness that i appreciate in comedy and humor where um i can be extremely you know like extremely sarcastic i can have that you know that strong facetious nature where people understand and people can see it through the character that i'm being over the top mm-hmm. that this isn't my true perspective that um, wordplay will pop in my head and I'll think to myself, oh, that's funny. And it's wordplay, even though it's mean, it is still wordplay and it's mean on a silly level. I'm not being mean with the intention of hate. I'm being, I'm not actually being mean. It just sounds mean yeah. and it fits. So if something sounds mean and it can fit, I can portray that in a silly manner without actually being mean. For sure. When I was myself, uh, when I did quit for a few years, I was going up on stage and, and I was being mean. Yeah. Uh, I was I was pretty, I started getting mean and I started lashing out. And then um, I just had a, I just had this perspective. I, I just had to think, I just had to go, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I want from comedy. This isn't who I want to be. This isn't what I want to do. This isn't what any of my mentors did that I watched growing up. Uh, um, they they were funny. They were silly. Some of them might have been angry. I know Kinnison was angry. Carlin was angry. But at the same time, there was an element of silliness to what mm-hmm. they did. So it's that's not who. So I had to walk away. Walking away was pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, but when you came back as a demon, it almost gives you an area to sit in a pocket. Yeah. The demon forced you to commit to your deliveries. Which I, so many comics are just like, keep writing. You're like, there's a lot of other things to work on when you're up there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like your pacing, your delivery, all of that stuff, which the demon already kind of had that, like it was making it a mechanism of a character made that, force that to happen. And then 
yeah, you won't let the demon go too far because he is just a. It's he's silly. He's there's a silly. He's silly that he's there. Also, there's th that exchange of energy. Yeah, you can feel the energy in the room. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see. You can feel when you're taking too much. You can yeah. feel when you're giving too much. So not only delivery. I was talking about this last night with a comedian. Getting the room's attention and holding their attention, right? Like, yeah. you can be in a room where everybody's had. This happened last night at, at a Brutus. There, there was a group of people. They were like a biker club, and they were in the bar, mm -hmm. and they weren't interested in watching comedy. You know, they were doing their own thing. So the comedians were going up, and pr pretty much we were all doing sets with this loud noise in the background. I was able to get their attention for a little bit in my intro and through a few jokes. Uh, I was able to hold the attention of all the uh, or attention of all the comedians and I, I mildly held the attention of the group that mm -hmm. was talking so I, I did okay but um, a lot of comedians will go up on stage and think it's all material and it's all being funny it's like no there's an element of magic in there you got to learn energy work you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta understand and you got to respect that they were just trying to hang out at a bar. Yeah, they didn't know there was going to be an open mic. How so could they? Yeah. why you can't you can't be mad at a group of people for not paying attention to you? You can't you can't take it out on them and say fuck you to them. You can't. Mm -hmm. They were there. There were probably a group of friends who hadn't seen each other in a while. They wanted to talk. They wanted to catch up. And when the mic started, they all went outside, which was a very polite, respectful move. Yes. They moved the group outside, but it was cold out, so they came back in after about like an hour or so. So they were a very respectful group. So when I went on stage, I had the mentality of I can't be disrespectful to them. They wanted to catch up and have a good time. So if they do pay attention to me, good. If they don't, oh well. Mm -hmm. You know, and I didn't I didn't take it seriously. I didn't take it as a success or a failure. It just was. It oh, was yeah, just no, that's just what yeah. it is. Yeah. How gothic are you outside of the character before the character? Uh, uh, so do you mean personality-wise? Yeah. Okay. I was very depressed and angry. So I was your typical, like... Were you the depressed, angry, gothic guy? Or were you, did you were like, I have this depression and anger, but the character, the character is gothic? I, well, it was like, it was like that. You let out a sigh and you're defeated. Mm -hmm. That was my personality mm -hmm. when I went up before I was doing the demon of like, like that Charlie Brown, mm -hmm. you know, that, that Charlie Brown feeling where you're always walking around with your head down and you don't have the energy to, to fight or, or to, to, to be happy or silly or be exciting. Mm. None of that was it. no drive. Just like, mm. fuck. but I'm, I'm also bipolar. So that would outweigh mm. the upswing. But when I would get into an upswing, I would be extremely manic. Yeah. You know, but it would only last for a day or two. But then I'd go right back down into the depression where it's like. <sighs> so my person, yeah, it, it was way more defeated. Now I'm more collected. If I'm quiet, it's just because I'm collected. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do still get depressive episodes. And when I do get depressive episodes or my head's in a funk, I will not show up to any open mics. Mm -hmm. I hand, If I'm booked, I'll show up to my book shows. I'll be quiet and reserved, and I will, I will do my best 
and then I will try to get out and and handle my shit. But uh, I don't. How often are you still fighting the anger, depression? Oh, dude, I just got out of a two week slump. So mm. like last this week, I started being not depressed again. But I was at might have been longer than two weeks. I don't know. I just caught some anger and depression, and it started spiraling. And I and um, I'm at the point where I don't blame anyone else. I I get mad. I get mad. I get mad that this is the brain I have, right? Sure. Uh, I I start dwelling on the fact that uh, I'll tell myself my I got I got a broken brain. I my brain is broken. It sucks that I have to experience this reality with a broken mind, and and then I then it just gets worse and worse. And it's like, what's the point of if everything I'm responsible for everything and I it sucks to have to work through it. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? But like, there, everyone has to deal with emotion right. management and it's not like you can go through the rest of your life and never experience an anger or a depression. Right. Those are things that are going to come. Every emotion is going to be experienced again. Yeah. And it's yeah. how you manage that. Cause sometimes I sit and I'm like, if I'm like in a funk and a depression where you're like, yeah, we all go through funks and depressions. It's about what you do with it during that time. Yeah. You can't let it overcome you. I mean, it tries, you know, like, but it is at the same time. You're like, well, that's, that's what being a human with emotions is. It sucks. And, um, it so does suck. But at the same time, everyone's going to be derailed emotionally at some point. And yeah. so it's not like yeah. this brain it's because we all have brains. If yeah. we, if I traded brains with you now, you would also be depressed and angry eventually. Yeah. It'd get there. And it's like, I'm at a point to where I recognize self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. So... Um, when I get in those episodes, my mentality before would be to quit. Yeah. But now my mentality isn't to quit because if I have bookings or, or I'm expected at work or, or, or anything like that, I'm still showing up and I'm still doing the best of my ability. I'm not moping when I'm there. People will notice I'm quiet, but I won't, I won't project my uh, anger at anyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, but also, there's an element to this. So I'm bipolar OCD, right? So the OCD part... So it's a really clean pole. Well, it gets stuck like a tornado, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. The OCD doesn't let me get rid of it. Mm. It holds on to it, and it just... I end up in a loop of the same thought. Of course, you're fidgeting with it, yeah. Right, and and so that's when I'll shut down, and I'll lay in bed, and... Uh, I'll try to meditate through it. I'll do ohms. I, I, I do as much as, and then I'll get mad and then I'll pray for death. And then, uh, um, there's always, I'll find one thing that works, but it's something different that works every time. And, um, it'll usually be a mantra or, or, or a prayer or something. Because I'm very, I'm very spiritual. Any Christian would think I'm satanic. Any Christian would think I worship the devil. I don't. But um, I am into spiritual energy. and I, So I do pray and I do set intention. And I do ohms and meditate and sit Indian style. And do mudras with my hands and stuff. And, and burn incense, all that good stuff. So sometimes I'll be doing all that and nothing's working. Yeah. Right. And it's like a different, it's an element I need to work on in the physical reality, something I need to handle that I've been putting off. You know, mm -hmm. it's like all the prayer and meditation isn't going to work if you don't do this one thing. And it's like, I don't want to do that one thing. And it's like, well, go, you know, go. That's why you have to. Yeah. And then I'll go do it. And then it's like, everything's better. Yeah. Exactly. It untied like, the knot. Jeez. Oh, so would you say you became a demon so you could run from your demons better? I think I became a demon so I could express my demons. 
There we go. So, in a way, the demon's a metaphor for the demons I have fought and am fighting. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my humor does come through, I mean, this is cliche, a lot of my humor does come through the pain. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, when I... By the way, some things that are cliche are just because they're true. Yeah. You know, like, every, like, the, I'm going to... I don't want to throw a race into it because I was going to say like some kind of restaurant and I was going to like give an ethnicity. But part of how you make those dishes by having the same ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like we're making jokes. That's our restaurant. And one of the ingredients people commonly go to is pain. Is pain. Yeah. But the thing is the well, joke. Yeah, exactly. You're like, this is the pain's great with the dash of silly. And then, of course, with the aftertaste of relief. It's and it's weird because the jokes don't come when I'm in the pain. It's like the pain has to simmer. Yeah, you got to create get, the pain before you can play with it. And then when it's in the upswing, when I'm happy, then after that, that's when the creative rush comes. And I'll have like, oh yeah, no, all the time. No, yeah. I'm never writing about the pain. I mean, I, I right. try during it, but no, it really comes from the perspective you get afterwards. Oh, I get if I'm in the pain and the joke comes to me while I'm in the pain, I get pissed off. Mm. I'm just like, oh yeah, oh it's so fucking funny. And I just, I get, I get mad that, that I get mad that I saw the humor in it. Yeah. It just makes me angrier. I'll still write it down. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I'm happy. I just want everyone to know when he said write it down, he made the text fingers. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all my writing is digital. Um, I rarely write with pen and paper anymore simply because it's physically easier to just write in my phone and not walk around with a bake or a backpack and a notebook and pen have to sit there and flip through it and write and it's just easier grab my phone type it in and it's written oh yeah but there are times when i do handwrite things i try to handwrite as much as possible i should I because should. it's slower so i get bored well that and it helps with memorization because you have to remember yes. to write it it helps a lot if like if i rewrite an entire joke three times i know it you know yeah although your things are much more specific on the words yeah it is because there's a I try to give it some air now to breathe before it was very specific with the words. The reason I'm specific is because everyone, when you do the style of jokes I do, everyone's sitting in front of you trying to guess the punchline before you get to it. No, oh, exactly. Yeah, so I have to lead people down a path to make them guess other punchlines. Oh, I understand exactly yeah. why you do it. No, like it's very meticulous yeah. to make sure that you lead them in one direction so you can take them to another. Yeah. I totally get all of that. Because, I mean, it's, you're telling riddles sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Literally riddles. I like the troll guarding the bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on the other side of the bridge is just the jack-in-the-box. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise. It wasn't as dark as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Or darker. Yeah, or darker. Well, I didn't, well, I didn't see that. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes I'll hear the funniest jokes to me are when they're not offensive at all or dark and they get a oof from the audience <laughs> yeah i'm exactly. like nothing about that was offensive or dark it was just so lame that <laughs> <laughs> i was just like why would you do that Jimmy Russo talking about being James Demon. James Demon is one of, it's become one of my favorite things to watch at open mics. It's funny they call it thing. 
I mean, you got the gist of what we're talking about. He's he's a character. He presents a character. Uh, it took me a little bit to recognize that it was a character because of my own slowness, but also he's also developed it to where now it's much more clearly a character. He found a way to introduce it as a much more clear character. And it's... I don't know. I have a lot of fun. There's two kinds of things that are happening. There's what he's doing to the audience, and then there's the people that don't know what he's doing to the audience, and you get to watch them too. You know, like, and it's really fun. One of my favorite people to follow. He loves it when I follow him because I make fun of him for the character being what it is. But also, it's uh, it's all in good fun. I've never made fun of him doing the character. I just make fun of the character as a thing because you're watching a character as a thing. Um, yeah, James Demon's the name of the character. Jimmy Russo's the name of the man. You can follow him at James Demon on uh, Instagram. In fact, let me make sure it's not James Demon 666 or something. It's actually James Demon 333. You can follow him at James Demon 333 on Instagram. Hilarious. Also, how intriguing to watch a guy go through figuring out where he begins, the character begins, where it ends, how to how to navigate the world, especially like navigate the social world as a character but got home as yourself. I was really interested by the whole thing. I think he said this was his first interview doing that and like cuz when I asked him to do it, he was like do I do it as the demon? Do I do it as me? And I was like, I think you got to do it as you. And, um, and then, like, but we didn't come to an agreement on that. Like, I just said that. And then he showed up as Jimmy Russo. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be him doing the voice, but showing up and just casual because it's just audio. But no, he gave us a good, a good look into what he's doing right now. And I think it's great. I really like it. I also think it's very funny that I'm putting a demon on during Christmas week. Merry Christmas, everybody, and I uh, hope you have a happy new year, which will be next week, I guess, but Merry Christmas. Here's my demon episode, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, if if you guys want to drop me a little Christmas Venmo, you know I love those, at Aaron M. Marsh on Venmo, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, love those too. Um, my birthday is also coming up if you want to leave two rate, review, subscribes. Also, at the end of the month, my... Mandalorian podcast comes back because Book of Boba is coming out. And so you'll get a Star Wars podcast with me as well. If you're one of the listeners that listen to both. If you're not and you don't like Star Wars, well, then you don't have to listen to it. It's totally fine. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, next week. Next week I have Chad Denick. Chad Denick, um, when this podcast started, he told me he gives it two weeks. <laughs> and then when I got about 30 episodes in, he's like, yes, yes, I've cleared my schedule for whenever you're ready. And we've gone back and forth about when to do it, and he'll make fun of me because I'll forget, you know, like, and he'll just be like, what? Which is also funny because, like, I would say some of the top three, four people I talk to the most aren't on the podcast, you know, like, and I think it's interesting because, like, Chad's a guy I talk to the most. I haven't done it. Uh, Steve Hallis is a guy I talk to the most. He hasn't done it, but he also, in conversation, before I even had this podcast, mentioned that he doesn't like podcasts or doing podcasts. I've never asked. I feel like I should ask just so it's not hanging there in case he wanted to do it. Um, but Chad was a guy that I should have had on a long time ago. And we kept putting it off for different things. And I kind of, I knew, because I knew around uh, mid-year, I was like, I should wait for like this Christmas break when it's going to be, I need to knock out. Because I have to do like six interviews so I don't have to worry about the Christmas and New Year's schedule. And so I was just like, yes, Chad, now is the time we should do this. And so Chad came on. And we also had a very serious talk. Chad's a very funny joke writer, very silly man, and we talked about his very serious childhood. It's interesting because Chad and I have very different beginnings, but uh, we have the same personality. 
it's noted by everybody who knows both of us that they go, you guys have the same personality. We handle our personalities a little different. But foundationally, I believe we're wired the same. And so it's very interesting because I also can pull things out of him that other people can't because he is so jokey and in conversation so jokey you can't get to the depths of him. And I got to the depths of a guy that I've never really seen the depths of. It's, and I still made jokes about it. I shouldn't have. You guys are going to be mad at me. So, but Chad Denick is next week. That's going to be fun and exciting. James Demon just happened. And I figure if we're going to have a Demon Don, may as well enter the Christmas song. So why not? So guys, thank you very much for listening. And thank you for putting up with me. Thank mm-hmm. you.